Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business and let's claim your glow up, girl. Welcome to another episode of the Glow Up Effect podcast. Today, I am sitting with Alex Carmelli. Welcome, Alex. So excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, we have been kind of all over the place just trying to set a time. Me and Alex uh, connected in a local Facebook group. So that's kind of fun. I love always like kind of putting a little uh, anecdote about how like I connect with people on here. So it's really fun. Um, So me and Alex decided to collaborate and really talk about her uh, business, her venture, her being able to stand in her fears and pursue her passions, as well as um, being a coach. Uh, So yeah, with that said, why don't you just kind of give us a little inkling, like who are you and what do you do? Yes, awesome. So I am the author of Teach Your Ducklings to Fly, which was my first book, which is all about you know, people who are experts in their field, but new to coaching. So it's a great mm-hmm. little primer for that. And then my second book coming out next month is called Stand in Fear, which is going to have a lot to do with what we talk about um, today. And lastly, I'm the founder of the We Build Killer Tribes team, which is basically a free Facebook group um, that provides content so that leaders, you know, just like us have at least 10 minutes a day to go in and invest in themselves so that they can build amazing teams who work for more than a paycheck, who show up for a cause that's really greater than themselves and know how to run the show when us leaders really, you know, we need them to step up. So it's empowering, you know, everyone to step up, step up and know how to be a leader and taking care of those leaders. Yeah. I love that because I like that you mentioned, you know, when I'm not around, when said person is not around to be a leader, like, you know, having a team that you can count on to still keep the ship moving. Um, But tell us a little bit about like, you decided ultimately to leave your job. Was it like a year ago now? It was almost a little over three months now. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was a year. (laughs) Well, you decided to leave your job and like, tell us a little bit about that story. Like, was it a struggle? Was it you knew right away? Um, that this was what you wanted to do. Um, And then you can kind of segue into like, what inspired you to write your books? Yeah, I've always known that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Like from a young Mm -hmm. age, I had that like entrepreneurial fire where, you know, I was setting up lemonade stands. And even later in my career, like I was just always brainstorming and thinking and watching masterclasses, like what's going to be my big thing. And just always kind of looking for the thing that I wanted to take, um, full time. I definitely did not realize this was going to happen so soon. Mm -hmm. I think it was back in October. um, I was spending a lot of time building up this business and Mm -hmm. creating this business. And then all of a sudden, I kind of thinking about the coming week, even though I loved so much about my job, I just literally had a breakdown and my boyfriend was like, Oh my God, what's going on? And I'm like, "I, I need to quit. Like I need to do this full time. Like I, I shouldn't be wasting my days doing something that where I'm not supposed to be. So we sat down that night and budgeted and I figured out, you know, how, how was I going to do this and how was I going to make this work? Cause I don't like to half, you know, half ass things. I'm, I'm going to go all You can in. swear girl, let it all okay. out. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> she had the concerned right, face. Good. I was like, let it out girl. <laughs> all right. Good to know. <laughs> 
Awesome. So where did you write your books before or after or during like your, your leaving your job? Yeah, a little, a little of both. Mm -hmm. Um, so I joined a, actually joined a group coaching program back in the beginning of October. And this is really how I think I decided to, I had the confidence to build my own business is when I joined this coaching group, there were so many entrepreneurs in this group, so many powerful women, so many amazing people that were just like, just like me. And I was like, oh my God, like I want to be, you know, I want to do what they're doing. And as soon as I changed that setting, you know, I realized that was something I wanted to do. So that's where I started um, writing the book back in um, October. Mm-hmm. But the book writing process Half of it is getting clarity on your idea. So I probably spent four months getting clarity and thinking with the group and the actual book only took one month to write. So I wrote and published it all in January of 2020. Wow. Wow. That's like a lot of like the behind the scenes. And then it's like the, the final product is like, yeah, I just like blinked my eyes and just (laughs) and it came to be. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering, I'm very intrigued by your title of your first book, which is Teacher Ducklings How to Fly. What was the inspiration behind that book title? Because it's like kind of like out thinking outside of the box and you're like, it's like something you look at and you're like, hmm, tell me more. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. So whenever I had a, um, I worked in the fitness industry as a uh-huh. coach and a manager and, you know, I oversaw multiple locations. So whenever we had a new manager or a new trainer come on board, we would call them ducklings or I would call them ducklings. Um, and it wasn't to like belittle them or, you know, make them feel stupid. It was like a sweet name that we called people who were brand new Yeah, and kind of says a lot about, yeah, affectionate. Someone recently got really offended by the name duckling. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I say affectionately. Yeah. Um, but Anyway, it's it's basically kind of depicts the fragile state of a a new learner where like it's really scary to be in a new environment learning new things and that's typically where people quit mm-hmm. is at the beginning. And so, you know, when we're trying to get to the to this point where they can grow up and fly and do amazing things, like it's important to consider the beginning when they are just a duckling. And so that's that's kind of where it came from where every new person that came on was a duckling and it just started spreading really fast. Yeah. I love that. Like it pulled literally from your like personal experience. Yes. Um, so you, you wrap that into there, but I wanted to ta- ask you about like, what were some challenges you faced when writing this piece and even your second book that is going to come out soon? Yeah. I, I would say probably the biggest challenge is for me for so long, I spent so much time just like moving and doing and doing and doing and moving and thinking about the next thing and the next thing. And I never really stopped to reflect back and think about the past. And when you're writing, a lot, a lot of things come up mm-hmm. from the past that make up why you are the way you are and who you are. Wow, and yeah. just a little spoiler alert, not all of it's fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I can see, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was probably one of the hardest things is having to work through a lot of things that I pushed into the back of my mind, but were important to tell the story of you know, teaching ducklings to fly and even how you start standing in fear. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so does your, your background in being in the fitness industry and, um, and the coaching and kind of managerial 
landscape. Do you think that really helped you in writing your piece? Sort of, to a mm-hmm. degree. The coaching, the coach inside of me and the manager inside me is like, all right, there's a system and a process for everything. Yeah. And everyone's going to know the process and the system and writing. You have to like be rule free. Yeah, you have fluid. To, like, yeah, you have to like let it come and like unplug and like not try to systematize everything. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you, you don't get the same authentic content. Yeah. So in that way, it's really different. Like I couldn't put a system in place and write this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to like take a step back and be like, all right, just gonna take it where it takes me. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you a lot about you, a lot of your content like on your Facebook and you just started a Facebook group um, is about team culture and about building powerful teams. So I want to ask you like in regards of work and team culture like how do you believe is the best way to keep your team like empowered like even now like with working from home like the whole like employment landscape is shifting uh tell us a little bit about what you you like to share in terms of team culture yeah it's i mean everything's changing right now because of everything happening with corona so it's it's more important now than ever to mm-hmm. have a really really strong foundation and a really strong sense of trust and empathy for the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know probably this is going to sound strange, but a lot of the people that I work with and that are in the group are people who are overgivers. So people who want to take care of people who want to do everything for people. And so what I try to teach them, one of the first things in establishing a strong culture is understanding why you are such a strong leader like what made up your journey so far like why are you the way you are one so that you can teach others and have a really really actionable success roadmap or journey for them to follow but it's also how you know if you have the right people on your team and how you know you know do you all have the same values and i think too often we don't spend enough time figuring out what our values are as leaders very specifically so that we know if we're attracting the right people and if we're, you know, on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I feel like sometimes being a leader, you're just like, all right, just do, 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 do. But you have to take a step back and like reflect on like, what does my team need from me and what do I need from them? And just kind of like evaluate the entirety of like your office landscape or now Mm -hmm. like your work from home landscape. Um, But I grabbed this from your um, pod sheet, Uh, Alex, I am showing you the image of your pod sheet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I really like this question that said here, leaders are made, not born. And where do you think that um, leaders can start in terms of being like brand new in this, you know, they just got a promotion. Mm. Yeah. And I think, like they just, usually those people who just get promoted, they've never really had to teach someone. They're the ducklings. Right. <laughs> right. They're, they're, you know, they're a duckling teaching another duckling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a funny space to be in. But I think it's sort of what I just said with like, you need to figure out what did it take to get to where you are? Mm-hmm. So too often I hear things like, I'm, I'm, a sex, I'm a success because I worked really hard or I worked long hours, but For me, I want to know, all right, how many mentors did you work with? What books are you reading? You know, how many hours do you actually spend? And is it really more than everyone else? What are your processes that are in place? So, and like what's influenced you in the past 
that's made you kind of who you are. So for me, like it took me, you know, when I was, I was promoted really young to a management role and people were surprised. They were like, wow, you're so good at this at such a young age. And I was like, well, I've been, I've had to be the adult for most of my life Mm -hmm. in different scenarios. You're just asking me to do it in a different role. Yeah. So it's a more authentic answer than I've only been doing this for, you know, a year, but really Mm -hmm. I've had to do it for 15 plus years. It's just a different setting. Yeah. And I like that you were like, well, I work really hard because I I feel like that'd be like a lot of people's like first go to like, I work really hard. And like, um, I had been in a role in the past where I was doing my employee review and I was like selecting everything like goes over the top, goes over the top or like whatever the you know, the end column of like surpasses expectations was. And my manager was like, you're great, but you're doing your job. So while you may be the great, not the greatest, but you know, very efficient and surpassing what other people in your role are doing, you're not doing anything outside of your job description. And I was like, so true. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, kind of like humbling, but also like in, in scope of like, oh, I work really hard. Like, no, I'm doing my job to the best of my capability and it shows in comparison to others, but I wasn't working hard. I was just doing my job properly and um, shining in some areas. So, you know, I wasn't coming home like crying because sometimes when you think working hard too, you're like, you know, you are exasper- exacerbating like your, your ability and capabilities. So I really related to that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that clarity is huge for you because now you're you're probably that person that's going even more above and beyond with that feedback and now you're getting deeper into what you do. So that's huge. Yeah. And understanding where above and beyond starts and ends right. is really so true. Really crucial. Um so I wanted to ask you, like, share a little bit about your feelings, like when you started your business. Like were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you ready to jump in? Like, you know, kind of talk us through like your emotional stance when you decide to start. Yeah, I was one sad because I was leaving a team that was basically like my family mm-hmm. for the last like four years. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a that was a really difficult thing. Um, but very, very excited that I could manage my time in any way I wanted. Um, I quickly learned that that becomes super overwhelming if you don't plan out you know, each aspect of the day where when you have endless opportunity and everything seems like a good opportunity, which is just the camp I'm in, Mm -hmm. um, you end up drowning where you're like, oh my God, there's so much, like, where do I start? Where's my anchor? There was no one to tell me like when the day started, when the day ended, if I could take a day off. Mm -hmm. So for the first month, I don't think I took a day off Yeah, because I had those restrictions in place and now I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I had to be the one to give myself permission to take a break, which I never had to do before. Yeah. I I find that people, when they don't have restriction or like, even now working from home, like people forget to eat lunch and, you know, yeah. just the little things. And it's like, you have to snap out of it and put things into place. So you, you don't uh, burn out. Yeah. That structure is so important. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about like standing in your fear. And we had talked about this briefly, like when we were kind of like connecting and like figuring out like, okay, we're like, what are we going to talk about on the podcast? So I really want to ask you about like, what are some tips about people um, looking to like stand in their fear, like really like looking fear in the face, like, oh, hey, you. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I'll give, um, I'll give two big ones. So the first one is no one's watching as much as you think you are, mm-hmm. as much as you think. So I was, I was super, super introverted. Like I could barely order from a restaurant, like as mm-hmm. a child, like my mom used to make me do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, one thing I learned over time is if you ever pay attention to like musicians on street corners, mm-hmm. they're literally like begging for attention and like the people are walking by on their phones looking for things ignoring them Mm. and we think people are paying attention to us yeah no matter what we do yeah and it's so crazy to me because if we just like let go of that idea that everyone's watching and that everyone cares and it's not that people don't care about you they do Mm -hmm. they just aren't watching to the degree that you think yeah. And so I think that's a really, one, a really freeing thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Kind of, um, you know, start doing things. That That's one big one. Um, I think another big one is reframing the feeling of fear. Mm-hmm. So one fear could mean that something exciting, maybe you're excited about what's about to happen, not that you're actually scared. Um, don't get me wrong. If a bus is coming hurtling toward you, like you should be afraid. I'm not talking about like life-threatening, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> life-threatening danger. But every time you feel kind of scared or you know you're uncomfortable, that should be a sign. Like something big is coming. Like I'm yeah. supposed to do this. Like this is I, I should do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because it's kind of like tricking yourself into like, okay, this is super uncomfortable, but the end result is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, maybe this is crazy, but I'm at a point where every time something makes me nervous now or afraid, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. Like something yeah. good to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just like understanding that discomfort is part of growth has been big, really big for me. Um, yeah. But so I true. kind of want to switch it up for a fun question. Uh, so if you were to win the lottery, like what would you wake up and still do passionately, like regardless, like no matter what, this is what you'd be doing. So I think no matter what, even if I had all the money, I would still wake up and help people figure out how to, you know, empower their teams. Mm -hmm. Like that would still be the thing that drives me. Like that's still the thing that makes me excited no matter, you know, if I'm making zero dollars or, you know, a million dollars, like that would be the number one, like what I would get up for every day. Yeah. Um, I find that a lot of people like when the like jackpot is massive, some people like are like, yeah, I'd win, but like I'd still come to work. So um, putting that into perspective, like really shows like how much passion you have for the the topic mm-hmm. or the the field. And then also just like giving back, I feel like is a big um, reward in itself that surpasses dollar values. Yeah. Um, so I really like that and like to change up, you know, the, the serious tips and tricks topics. But um, I wanted to ask you, you know, what were, what would be some advice you'd give to someone who's really ready, really ready to like follow their dreams and like potentially like write their own book. I feel like a lot of people are always like, you know, sitting around and like, Oh, like if I could write a book or like, what if one day, like what, what advice would you give them? Yeah. So one of the biggest things I thought I needed before writing the book was I thought I needed to have the answer. Mm -hmm. So I thought I needed to like be some expert who had the answer to everyone's problems before I wrote the book. Mm. And in reality, some of the most accessible books are written by people who are like one step ahead of you, not 100 steps ahead of you. Oh, yeah. 
And so I think that's really big. Like you don't have to be at your final destination. You just need to be one step ahead and like just carry the person who's one step behind you. I think mm-hmm. that's that's really big. Like you don't have to have everything sorted out to to do this. And I think part of that is knowing that this is something my coach always says, but it's okay to be the observer. Mm-hmm. So if you have a question that you haven't answered either talk about that, like write about that question. Like, what are you thinking about? Like, what are you experiencing with that? Because all those people that you're writing to are thinking about it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was listening to some sort of podcast and they were talking about like Tony Robbins, like had no idea about the financial landscape. And he went and interviewed all of these very successful financial entrepreneurs and millionaires and stuff like that, and then wrote a book about it. And like Tony Robbins is a massive household name now, you know, Mm -hmm. because he's been able to tap into networks of knowledge and write about it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love that you said that because in the teacher ducklings to fly book, I have a line where I literally say, imagine being a life coach from Tony Robbins. That would be unbelievable. Like yeah. you wouldn't take anything he said. You'd be like, that doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, that's literally like where yeah. he even like emerged. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And I wanted to ask you what would be a glow tip you have for the listeners today? And this can be anything outside or inside of business. Um, There are no rules. Yeah, I love that. So I would say think about, I would challenge you to take a few minutes to think about the thing that you've been avoiding most, figure out why, and then go do it. Awesome. Yeah, because there's a little like self-reflection and action there, which I like a lot. Uh, and where can the listeners find you online? And can you just reiterate when your second book is coming out? And if they want to connect with you, where they can find you? Yeah. Um, so you can find me on my website, which is alexandracarmelli.com. Um, I'm very apt- active in my free um, Facebook group, the mm-hmm. We Build Killer Teams group. Um, so those are, I would say, the two main ways to find me and connect with me. Um, the Teacher Ducklings to Fly book is on Amazon, and then the Stand in Fear book will be coming out probably most likely end of April is the date I have for launch. Awesome. So yeah, thank you again so much for joining me and everyone be able to check out uh, Alex's new book, new literature, and her on her the interwebs. And yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow Up Effect podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you love this episode, please share with your friends and family and tell them to check out the Glow Up Effect. Lastly, if you don't already, please check me out on Instagram at the Glow Up Effect.